0: Howdy and welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where we have fun talking all things hunting and in the process, do our best to support small and family-owned businesses in the hunting space. Here are your hosts and resident bandits, Jimmy Byrne and Richard Kinchlow. Howdy folks, welcome back to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Uh, Jimmy here and I'm joined as always by my co-host Richard. How are you doing, sir? Good evening. Doing great. Doing real good. Great, great. Well, in this episode, we're honored to have with us Newell Phoebus, operating partner of Double Tine Innovations. Uh, Double Tine Innovations is a property management and consulting company focused on whitetail deer. Uh, They offer a wide variety of products, including food plot seed, deer feed and mineral, and much more. Uh, Welcome, Newell, to the Feed Bandit podcast. How are you doing?
1: Great, guys. Great. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, well, we just uh, like to start out by asking our guests typically, uh, you know, can you give us a little background about yourself and how and when you got into the business?
1: Yeah, so Double Time is actually uh, only two years old um, by name, Um, but uh, my business partner and I, uh, Colby Stanger, he uh, and I went to high school together, Uh, Started deer hunting together uh, shortly out of high school. Um, He's always had a family property uh, locally that um, we just started testing food plots out, uh, just buying stuff local from, you know, Walmart, cheap clearance seed, just to try to get more deer to come in. Um, Obviously, you know, 10 acres isn't a big property to have, so we didn't really uh, have a lot of success. So, being in ag country, we started, you know, asking some questions, um, just to our ag guys. You know, why is this stuff not, you know, either germinating or why did the deer not like it? Um, so we got, you know, either old seed uh, or just some stuff that the deer don't really prefer Um, so we just started taking some suggestions and uh, started planting some stuff that those guys had uh, used just for different things cover crops or different things like that and uh, just kind of you know started making our own stuff um, from there and really figuring out what the deer preferred, um, with trail cameras and hunting and things like that. Um, and then, uh, Colby, uh, owns a company called the Stinger Group. Um, they are, uh, a natural resources restoration group. Uh, mm-hmm. so he does a lot of work for the, for, uh, the DNR and, uh, different organizations. Okay. So guys would ask him, you know, Hey, you know, while you're planting my prairie or whatnot, could you drill some food plot seed? Um, you know, things like that. And uh they'd always ask for suggestions, you know, what do you think I should plant and this and that and so we he started himself just promoting some of the stuff that we put together um and kind of found that there was a need for a little bit better product uh to be available for the deer, at least, you know, here locally. Um, and that's kind of, kind of how things started to take off for us. He, uh, had me come on just to, you know, try to expand the business a little bit more, um, try to offer the best products that, you know, we've had success with, uh, in the woods. You know, a lot of guys in Indiana really only have, you know, let's say 20 to 30 acres. Um, so it's, really finding that food plot that is going to bring the deer in that's unique um something that they really need that is different from you know maybe what their neighbors have or uh, something to complement their ag fields Um, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of long story short how things got going for us
0: okay great um and so when you say local you guys are up in indiana correct
1: Correct. We are in okay. northern Indiana where it's okay. freezing cold. Oh,
0: I was okay. just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all just went through that uh oh my gosh. That huge cold thing that came through us. Man, oh man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what
2: what uh what, what what was the what was the coldest it got a couple of weeks ago where you're at?
1: Oh my gosh, it was with wind chill. I think
2: we had one day where it was 45 below 0. Oh, Holy. No snow. way.
0: Oh my, yeah, God. Yeah. oh my
2: gosh well you know um and i i know i know you all are on uh um instagram because i i run you yeah. guys time when i when i'm doing my uh my my every 20 minute scroll uh but the right the, the pictures <laughs> of these frozen deer uh coming out of the midwest is 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 is, is, is terrifying uh, truth be told right. i've probably seen it but there's a picture of uh it's clear. It's clearly a Midwest deer, Uh but It's like an eight point, and he's like frozen in the running stance. Yeah, really. I mean, it's like some right. taxidermist. Oh, it, it, it's it's terrifying. Huh? Oh yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll find it, Jimmy, and I'll yeah. send it to you. Uh, Man, it's I had, it's I nuts.
0: That. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's interesting. That's kind of an interesting, uh, I guess, segue in a way. To uh, I was reading some of your blog posts and reading about, uh, you know. Why does October success begin in January? And you made a made mention in there about the importance of kind of you know helping to. Uh, I think it was in that one to supplement beyond corn or anything like that. You know to help the help Correct. the deer through the winter, and obviously if they're not frozen, <laughs> uh, can yeah, you right. talk about what, why that is kind of important?
1: So, you know, just feeding a deer corn is not. Providing it with its daily needs. Um, so, there's obviously horror stories, you know, where guys have said, you know, deer die or whatnot if they're just eating corn. um Which, in all, all honesty, if a deer just eats brassica every single day and doesn't eat anything else, it's the same outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, feeding a feed that is well rounded um, is very important here you know when it's cold they can get that corn um, they can get the beans uh, just having some calcium and uh, to go along with um, the corn and uh, the byproducts and whatnot in there to help digest and break down that corn um, because Just eating the corn is an easy, uh, what we like to call, uh, bypass where, you know, it just burns through their system quick. Uh, They're not really gaining a lot of nutrients out of that. So Mm -hmm. we try to have a well-rounded product to where it's something that they can really focus on um, and get all the nutrients that they need uh, in those winter months.
2: Right, and I I, I tell you that's it, it'll be a real real testament to your product, uh, you know, especially up there in your neck of the woods with these just insanely cold temperatures. Um, you know, it's it, it's good to have a a plot that can hold up uh, and really provide those deer throughout the winter. Um, you know, down here in, in in Texas, I mean, I'm I've got some Indian hawthorn bushes in front of me that <laughs> it was, it's dark now, but if I could see them, they're already starting to think about blooming um you know, right so it, it, it's 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 crazy um you know when when do you see i know it really depends on the weather but but when do you see the deer kind of up there really kind of get off the the plots and start to go after the the natural brows? is it um uh, is it you know after your spring green up or what's what what's kind of the seasons up there i guess of the white tailed deer where you know, it's completely different than it is down here so we're at uh, curiosity
1: yeah the spring green up uh really they hammer the browse pretty good um from usually obviously every year is different up here um but around the first of may late april uh through june july range um they really hammer the native browse and the native forbs uh in the woods so um it just really depends on the year for us. Last year, I know it was colder than heck all the way up through April. It seemed like, and then it just, it went right into summer. Um, so we really didn't have much of a spring. It's all like last year. So really about late July, uh, early August is when they start to really focus in on where their fall home is going to be. Um, So having some food sources available uh, already in place, um, that's kind of a big focus um, for Mm -hmm. us. We really, really like to obviously have our spring plots out um, and then really hammer our our winter plots in the ground there mid-August, that way once they're once they're settled into where they're going to be for the fall, um, they have some food ready available sure. and uh, yeah.
2: Interesting. Where, where so when, when you guys are doing your, you're doing all your, your, planning for the, for the coming season and you've got your, you know, your, your fall plots been, you know, been through the fall and through the winter and then, and then you do your spring plot. Do, do you come back? and go to that exact same fall that that exact same fall plot that you planted in the season or do you let it go fallow or 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 does it depend so most of
1: the time we do crop rotation uh similar Mm -hmm. to farming um so like our perennial clover plot we shoot for like we can go up to five years so anywhere between like a three to five year uh, with our perennial. Um, the brassica, we make sure to rotate uh, that out every year, just because it mines a lot of nutrients. Uh, it takes a lot of nitrogen out of the soil. Gotcha. Uh, so we'll come through. We'll come through um, after the winter then and in the spring, we'll hit. try to get our uh, soil and forage mix in. To try to uh, build the soil back up in there, sure. um, just trying to get the the pH back where it needs to be. Um, right. So, you the perennial plot is really the only plot that we uh, run for more than a year. Everything else we kind of uh, switch out every year, kind of thing. Um, we always try to have something there, whether it's our soil and forage or uh, our sunflower mix
2: uh, right. things like that right right which so kind of switching gears on you here to talking a little bit about your uh, the the consulting business that that you and your partner have how how big of yep. a factor how big of a factor is water to you all? I mean obviously down here in, in Texas it, it is it is literally everything um, it will literally make or break us I mean do, do you guys? I mean, I, I know that that your that your creeks and whatnot run uh, run a lot longer than ours do, and your your farm ponds uh, probably stay full a lot more than we do. But but do you guys encourage supplemental watering? You know, is that something that you guys do over there or up there rather?
1: Yeah, we do a little bit. Um, we try to implement that in with our food plots. Um, so we'll suggest you know getting a tank from TSC for 60, 70 bucks or whatever, uh, and burying a tank, uh, in with the food plot. Um, the less distance the deer have to travel for all, you know, their food and their water and their bedding, uh, the better it's going to be. Um, we like to have it as close to the sanctuary area as possible. Um, that way, they feel safe. They don't feel like it's a trap. Um, right. That's the biggest key with the food plots in the water is not making it feel like a trap. Um, right. hunter, hunter intrusion, things of that nature can make those water sources and food plots just go completely nocturnal in a hurry. Right. So it it's probably a little bit less important than Texas, right. but as far as holding the deer on your property, um, that can be a hot item to have uh, sure. close to their bedding to just keep them on your property and sure, sure, not even run off to the neighbors.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's something that that we've always we've always preached is to try to have a plan. Try to have a plan year round. I mean, like you, you can you can hear us just beating it like a dead horse on our our podcast here. That you know, instead <laughs> right. of being instead of being upset about you know the the end of the season being over, hey, clock's ticking, man. You know those antlers are going to be falling off shortly, and they're going to be regrowing again. So, um, and it's something that you mentioned that I I never really even thought about. Uh, you know, what was having the supplemental feeding, whether it be the food plots or the feeders or both. Uh, not only to to help the deer there, but to keep him from going elsewhere. Uh, never really thought about that. So you're you really wanting to set up a you know a paradise to to, to to keep him within your uh within within your bow range or your rifle range.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't give them a reason to go anywhere else, right? That's
2: right, yeah. right, exactly.
1: That's that's the thing that we try to preach, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys will get turned off because. Uh, recently we were on a plot or a parcel here um, in our area and walking through and we got done and he was like so what kind of suggestions you know would you make and I said I know you know the number one thing that upsets clients is when we come in and we tell them you got to take those stands away from a certain area Right. And, you know, a lot of times they'll say, you know, well, that's that's our hot spot. That's our hot spot. Well, let the deer, if you have 40 acres, let them have five. Mm-hmm. If you let the deer have five acres out of your 40 and you hunt the correct winds, it's almost a guarantee that you're going to see more deer. Um, Interesting. They don't have to leave your property, you know, your best spot. Obviously, everybody knows, you know, when you walk your property, yeah, that's the best spot. That's where the deer always, lay to, you know, lay or bed, or um, we see them browsing in the middle of the day. Right. Well, that's, you know, that's their comfort zone. So we try to tell them, you know, give them at least five acres and don't let them see you, hear you, or smell you right, at all throughout the season. Um, and then if you have that food plot, to go with it you know it you leave that food plot alone and you know you don't have a high hunt or intrusion or disturb it a lot it right. it makes it so much easier um and like we've got a couple guys that bought into that last year and uh they had called us and asked asked for some help and we're saying you know we're not seeing big bucks it doesn't make sense we've got all this ground and right. um, we we backed them out of a couple areas and put in some different food sources and they saw a lot more deer this year and uh, one property owner was lucky enough to shoot a deer that was i think mid 150s pushing 160 and he said, you know, we've owned this property three years. We've never seen a deer this big out here. And, really? you know, we we had some cameras up, and he had three or four that were probably that big. It's just just leaving the deer, giving them a place to stay and be comfortable, right. and then just let them come out to you. Right. It, it's, it's hard. It, <laughs> you know, Let's you have 40 see. acres you yeah. want to hunt all 40 acres but right. your best
0: not to interesting okay. let's uh, let's kind of stick with this a little bit longer i'm cur- can you talk a little bit about okay and we've kind of uh, uh, touched on it here but more about uh, what are the services that you guys offer within the property management maybe give us a kind of a scenario a typical scenario is it like is it? Is it a lot of times people that have been hunting a property for a long time and just have gotten frustrated, they'll call you in and you guys can take a look at it. Or is it also maybe someone who buys a new property and it's maybe it's raw or you know hadn't been hunted in a while and they're like, give us some pointers on how to, you know, how to lay it out, how to set it up and everything. Can you kind of walk us through what your services are like and how y'all do it?
1: Right. It's actually we. It's a lot of both. So. Okay. Some guys have owned property for a long time and they're they're looking to try to improve it um, to where, you know, we'll come out, uh, do a visit with them, walk the property, and then kind of give them um, a little bit of what we think should happen. Um, and then we can take it a step further and kind of lay out a map for those guys of, so this is where we think your stand should be. This is where some food plots should be. Um, this is where, is where, you know, if you're going to do some hinge cutting, this is where we should do that. This is where your sanctuary area should be. Um, and then we we will actually go into some property maintenance for some guys that want us to as far as we'll go out and do the cutting and the planning um, and the, the tr- some trail maintenance, things like that. Um, we've had a lot of guys this year that just bought properties, which the great thing about Colby and I working together, um, Colby has, as I mentioned, uh, the Stenger Group, the Natural Resources Restoration. So he's affiliated with the DNR um, all kinds of different groups uh, for restoration. Um, I don't even know half of the things that he can do, but (laughs) he can get property owners a good chunk of change just to come in and restore their ground, um, which includes tree plantings and prairie. And basically some guys are getting money back on their property while they're setting it up for deer. So it just makes perfect sense for some of these guys. I mean, it's like a no brainer, you know. There's a guy, for example, um, who he had bought it was like a hundred and two acre property with twenty acres of wood. And he's running through a ditch running perfectly right down the middle of his property with some good low ground. So Right off the bat, uh, he's going to have an 8- to 10-acre wetland and 40-some acres of prairie. And uh, he's going to have tree planting set up um, that in 15 years will be a grown-up sanctuary with um, cathedral pines and some fruit trees and uh, a plum thicket and all kinds of different stuff that um colby is able to offer him and actually get the work paid for as well as get him some money back on his property um so that's that's the great thing about him and i being able to work together is he can bring that on um on top of us setting properties up for deer
0: Mm -hmm. wow yeah that's impressive um it it is a great service for sure yeah all right great um can you uh and just stick in with that a little longer uh, yeah we and I think we talked we, we've kind of hit on this as well you know just in various uh, things we're talking about but why exactly does October success begin in January January in particular
1: well that's kind of where we kind of start our our base, um, just an old kind of looking at your property as a whole, taking your trail cam pictures, your pictures, um, getting that the food out, you know, with the protein, the carbohydrates, you know, the fats and vitamins and all of that. Um, you have an opportunity in January. Uh, To feed these deer with food plots and feed um, and basically get your, you know, all the deer will come to your property if you have the right things. Um, That's where, you know, we get the majority of our big bucks come in after season uh, because we hold some of the prime food sources. And easy access food sources for the deer to get to. Um, so, we start our hit list kind of in January, and then it's you know, obviously, throughout the year, you're thinking, okay, how can I improve this property? So, you can start your hinge cutting in January if that's what you think you need to do, um, you can do your edge feathering, things like that. Um, We start all of our planning in January and set kind of a calendar for the year, you know, January, February, March. This stuff needs to be done. So that way when September 1st hits, we're done. All of our stands are set. We're out of the woods. We know what deer are there uh, or we're hoping that (laughs) we know what deer are there and, you know, we're leaving it alone. All the work's done. We're not in there disrupting the woods. Um, it gives at least a month to a month and a half for the woods to rest and for the deer to settle in. And, you know, we're just picking and choosing our, our, the right wind direction and cold front strategies to go in there and hopefully get the job done. mm
2: mm-hmm okay awesome yeah it really is the the whole hunting the whole hunting thing is is really a a, a year-round process um and again i just i've not thought much about you know holding them and on your holding them on your property especially if you've got a you know uh you know a smaller acreage to contend with uh, i mean e- even you know down here you know the the hunting leases that's typically what we have are in the you know, are in the thousands of acres. You you still run the risk of you know, of of losing deer to uh, to a neighbor. Um, you know, For and sure. so again, having that having a a good a good management plan to the whole deer is is absolutely key. I I think that I like I really like that point. I really do.
1: Yeah, and to be honest with you, Colby's property is a ten acre property that um we kind of hes bought it away from his family um and kind of took it on himself and it was a property that you know we'd be lucky to maybe see a handful of deer throughout the season and now it's to the point that week where it was 45 below he called me on the phone and said there's at least 20 deer in the food plots or at the feeder wow. every hour of the day. I and, believe it. And it. In the evening, his 8- to 10-acre food plot and feeding stations were bringing in 40- to 50 deer on 10 acres, so wow. it, <laughs> it, it it's just a testament to what he's done to that property and creating a safe place for the deer to go, right. not really, you know, intruding on where they want to be. Um, right. Hunting, hunting the sections, you know, their task between bedding to food plots, not sitting over the food plots, um, and you know, having the screening cover. So when they are in the food plots, and he's getting out of his stand, he can walk right by where they are and they can't see him they might be able to hear him but they can't see him because of because of the barrier between him and where they're at in the food plot so they i mean they kind of you know they know when they're being hunted but they feel safe enough that they're okay with it sure oh interesting
2: interesting now, it it sounds like he's uh, he's thought of everything and i i've actually never even thought about that you know about about
0: sure
2: uh, yeah i yeah. mean ser- seriously now i've always i've always wanted to um i've always encouraged you know my the the hunters on the the place that we hunt to uh you know to to um uh, you know to to exit as quiet as you came in you know something of that nature, but ultimately you will end up spooking a deer, and it, it just seems like you can't help it. But <clears throat> I never even thought about, you know, maybe having some sort of natural cover there right. uh, to to block our, our, our exit. I don't know. that That's, that's very interesting. Making yeah, notes. we
0: <laughs>
1: – right. We – yeah, the defender screen has really been a game changer for us. Um, you know, we've always had the food sources, but it's – well – what am I supposed to do when I have 15 deer in the food plot and that's where I need to go, you know, right. to leave. So <laughs> it's kind of.
0: It's a good it's problem to have. Opened, but you know, it's... <laughs> right.
1: right. It's, it's actually opened up more opportunities for us because we used to just leave his property, go and only hunt the last, like basically two to three weeks of the season because we would blow the deer out of the food plot. Mm. So the defender kind of opened up the opportunity for us to go in in November and start hunting a little bit and then really focus in on that late season still. But we've actually probably doubled the amount of sittings that we have on his property compared to what we used to just four or five years ago where it was you know we got two weeks to do this thing they're in here so let's try to get it done right um, so yeah it's it's been a, a a big game changer for us to be able to sneak in and out uh undisturbed and like i said we don't pressure it a lot so the deer feel comfortable in there even you know they always know when they're hunted when once the season starts but it's, they feel comfortable there um, with that screen and not being able to see us right uh, they don't really spook out of the food pots so right. it it's been a great product for us for sure
2: awesome Tell me about uh, you know when 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 we first when we first started uh visiting I think gosh it's been well, I think it'll be a year this summer I know we were kind of chatting back and forth on uh, instagram yep. Uh, and then we were yeah. talking about your uh, your double time innovation ultimate deer feed, uh, and that was one of the the well it was the first uh, the first product we ever tested at the at the, our uh, at our ranch and here in, in Texas. Um, still to this day, we when we've tested quite a few of them, it really it really sticks out uh, as as something that is just was pretty incredible. Um, you know, I know you guys don't have access deer up there, or, or or you might, but it's it's nowhere near as as many of them as we have down here. And as you know, Texas is just known for the the game ranches and all that kind of stuff. But um right. you know, what do 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 the whitetails, and I'm assuming the turkey up there? Do, do they just pound this stuff as much as they did down here? Um yeah, yeah, obviously, like access,
0: our... access nip yeah yeah i
2: mean I, it's, well what i'm at, kind of what i'm getting at is that you know when we put this out to to test it um, uh, and we actually did again and we've got more pictures and some other stuff we're going to do a little bit later in the season but um the reason why i'm asking if the whitetails pounded it as much as the um as the axis did is because our axis deer came in there and they wiped it out i mean literally within a single day uh, i remember you or you guys were kind enough to give us a couple of bags they ate it all uh, so the whitetail didn't even have a chance. Um are you guys seeing the same result with your, your whitetail deer?
1: Yeah, we we are. We have a couple guys that use it religiously. Um so I'll I'll kind of explain kind of how we got going on it. Um there we had some products that we were using, um it, it seemed like the deer were just going to town on them. Um, And for whatever reason, within two, three months, it seemed like, you know, we'd get the same deer on the camera, but they just keep walking. They wouldn't come to the feed station. Um, They would just bypass it altogether. Um, And I will be honest with you, I don't have, you know, a degree in... Deer feeding or any of that. Um, I always try to seek out somebody that's a heck of a lot smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> so we got in contact with a uh, remnant nutritionist and he specializes really in deer. Um, and I just brought it up to him, you know, kind of actually on Facebook first. And I was like, you know, we're feeding this particular feed and the deer were just going to town on it and now they walk by it and the only thing that's eating is raccoons. And so <laughs> right. he kind of explained to us that some companies will have some cheap fillers or um, their minerals will have what are called fines in them um, and it will actually make the deer bloat. So it won't um, they can't digest it well, oh. and but so they, they finally figured out after they eat that, they don't feel good. So they're not going to eat it anymore.
2: Oh, so, now that is fascinating. So I working with know. him,
1: I did not either. So working with him, he, uh, has, he sells all kinds of different, um, feed products throughout uh, the US. And so the the company that he uses um, has an ISO certification. Uh, and they are held to a little bit higher standard than some uh, other places uh, as far as feed and stuff goes. So once we started using it, Uh, on our property and a couple other buddies, we threw some bags at them and said, you know, try it out. See what happens. And a friend of ours is fortunate enough to be able to feed deer right outside his back door. And the first winter that he had it, he was, he burned through eight 40 pound bags in 10 days. (laughs) Wow. So he, he just decided, you know, I'm going to hold off a week and I'm well, going to put it out. They
2: knocked his house in down in the
1: morning. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So he had he started putting it back out. And he said one evening he was watching out across this field and uh, he said there was 20 deer running across the field. And he couldn't figure out what they were running, why they were running. And he said all 20 deer ran right up to where he was putting the feed out and stood and just like they were waiting for him no. to put it back out. Wow. He said, he said, I could probably burn through 80 bags of feed a night. They just,
0: wow. they can't get enough of it. But, it's like feeding a stray cat. <laughs> yeah. It's right, wild, right. wild deer. <laughs> right. So it, it's
1: stuff, you know, the products that they use to make the feed um, is really the higher quality product um, that the deer can digest easily. Um, it's That's, I think, the number one factor in the whole thing. Um, it's not scent attraction necessarily. Um, I think it's, once they figure out, you know, this tastes good right. and it's good for my body, that's what I want. So sure. I think that, you know, the deer think about food and cover, you know, they don't have to think about all the other things that we think about throughout the day. Right. So, right. So like well,
0: the uh, scent and the taste might get them there the first time, but if it doesn't... right sit with their bodies and they're not going to come back the second time basically
2: right right well and and you know to to his point jimmy about about coming back from the second time and i won't uh I, I won't spoil it but uh uh something that we didn't get around to posting is we we did another a big test with the with the double down uh excuse me double time product um and then some of the conventional stuff and we we've got the results of that And i don't i don't know if we told you about that or not and we'll we'll do it off air because we'll, we 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 want to to post it but it was um kind of what you're saying is it's starting to make a lot of sense now um, it was it was it was crazy um i i was kind of wondering at least from the axis pers- axis Deer perspective if it was um, If it was, you know, I, I didn't even think about the fact that they just liked it, you know, because I remember right. uh, I was the one who opened up the bag and it's just it's, it's kind of pathetic. But when I opened the <laughs> opened the bag, I got this whiff of like oh my god this thing's like a thing of granola i want to go back in the house and get a right, bowl right, right. and <laughs> some milk i'm like you know what people may uh people may talk bad to me but don't knock it till you tried it you know um and so that's i i kind of thought you know obviously i know that the deer's noses are absolutely super sensitive and they the axis deer are notorious for having kind of a sweet tooth so i just assumed it was that i i, I really didn't even think about you know the palatability and all that kind of fun stuff so that's yeah, the, you know, the, digestion the
0: very,
2: and all that. Uh, yeah, sure, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, you know, for all of those, um, for all of our, our Texas hunters that are are listening, I know we've been fortunate to have have quite a few. You know, we, uh, again, at Rancho Bandito, we have tried the this product, um, and, and it has just been lights out for the axis deer. So, um, you know, and well, I would assume it would be with the whitetail, too, so.
0: Uh, just uh, give, to reiterate, we're talking about the, the ultimate deer feed. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. All right. Could you talk, tell us about the uh, your PowerMax Deer Mineral?
1: Yeah. So that's kind of a new product that we're kind of just okay. releasing this year. Um, we actually went through the same gentleman um, on that as well. So the main – it's kind of similar to the food plot seed in some ways. Uh, We started looking at labels and talking to people and some of the products out there, if you really dig deep into what they're offering, some products are really, you're feeding a deer like 75% salt. Um, That's really not going to help with their antler growth. So, we kind of developed a product with him, another product. Um, so that way we're looking more at the 25% salt range. Uh, and then you got the rest of your goodies for uh, antler growth, uh, as well as you know a lot of the does will come in and start hitting that uh, once they drop their farms or when they're getting ready to start producing their milk. Um, it will help improve their uh, their lactation um, so they can produce more milk. Uh, so obviously, you know, the more milk that they can produce for their fawn, then uh, the healthier the fawns are going to be. So that's kind of where we are with that. We went through our first initial year of testing on that last year, and it was very, very similar success. With the feed um the deer just they just ate the snot out of it so <laughs> um it doesn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> and given given them the things that they need to help help have the potential to produce a bigger wreck um right. obviously there's a lot of factors that go into that outside of just having you know the supplementation um right. But, you know, any little bit will help. Um, I'm not going to say that your buck's going to throw on 40 inches of antlers in a year's time. Right. (laughs) Um, But you're just giving them, helping them aid in, you know, giving them the proper nutrition that they need to have success.
0: How do you uh how do you recommend putting out the mineral and the ultimate deer feed? Do you is there a specific kind of methodology that you guys do? Like uh, I don't know, finding some trails, putting it next to those, or is there? How do you recommend doing that to get the you know, the biggest bang for your buck, <laughs> if you will? Pun intended. So in
1: <laughs> right, so Indiana actually, so you can bait and feed, um up until, I believe it's like two or three weeks up until the season and then all bait has to be removed. So we actually don't put it near our stands. Um, So that way we don't have to deal with the potential risk. Um, So we put it in, for us, we try to put it on like a food plot edge, kind of away from our stands uh and then in the fall so when we go through and we lime and uh till up the ground and work the ground and put in our fall plots, um, it's not a situation where we have to go out there with a shovel and we're digging up all of this
0: mm-hmm. mineral
1: and stuff that the deer have you know dug down in the ground for right um So that's kind of how we go about it. Um, Kind of on their entry to the food plot, uh, on the opposite side of where our stand locations are, things like that. Um, We don't have necessarily a a special way that we do it. You know, sometimes we'll we'll dump the mineral on top of the feed. Um, We'll if we're doing just mineral, we try to get, um, bare dirt just so that way it's on the dirt. Uh, so that way, you know, they'll keep digging at it. Uh, some guys will say to put it on a stump and, uh, things like that. But I know our ruminant nutritionist had suggested, um, with the way that ruminants feed having, their nose to the ground is their ideal feeding uh, mm-hmm. position. So, mm-hmm. if they have to pick up their their head, it's actually not as good as just eating it straight off the
0: ground. That's fascinating. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, never thought about that.
2: Right, <laughs> uh, and they either have the uh, <laughs> either of all the major uh, protein feeder manufacturers. <laughs> yes. You know, that's true. Right. Yeah. I mean, as as speaking from the human standpoint, I would prefer to not bend down ever again if given the yeah. option. Right, right, right. That's that funny. is absolutely fascinating. I I, I swear, and this, it's a good lesson for you children listening. I mean, I've learned two new facts today that I I, I never knew before going into this call.
0: Sure. Uh,
2: and, and that 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 one is absolutely fascinating. That that's very interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's talk a little bit about your mixes, your spring and fall mixes. Um, can you tell us, uh, I don't start with either one and kind of give us just an idea on, uh, what, what they are, uh, you know, when, when you suggest actually, you know, putting, putting out the seeds and all that, uh, both in spring and fall. And also I would, I would ask, uh, If you would, if you know, can some of those be used down here, you know, further along in the South and as well, you know?
1: Right. Uh, so we're talking just up here. Um, we have our sunflower, uh, upland game mix I would say is more of our, uh, spring summer focus for here. um, That one is tough to plant in the fall Um, but for here our perennial mix uh, we can do spring or fall um, depending depending on the situation Um, obviously ground prep is a little bit important with that one Um, if we can if you're spreading that on a field with no preparation where you're spraying and killing weeds. It's kind of one of those where you have to expect to spray, you know, your grasses and things like that Uh, again. So we kind of like to kind of like to have something in the fall in that plot before we hit the perennial uh, in the springtime. Um, And then we have a new one, um, Our uh, pods and blooms, which is coming out this year, uh, which has your taller forage soybeans uh, with sunflowers and uh, sun hemp, and uh, for to help with that ladder effect um, to really get get those beans up high. Um, It's got some peas in there as well, Um, and then for up here we the fall mixes are pretty important um so we have you know your brassicas with radishes and um turnips and kale uh, and then our shade mix uh, can be spring or fall Um, we like to do a fall one for that just because we don't really have to take care of it um if you plant it in the spring You have to do some mowing and uh, potential. If you don't keep up with it, heat can really terminate that plot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we push that to be in the fall. Um, Our opening day, clover, which has uh, annual clovers and some brassicas in it, uh, which is pretty popular for our bow hunters um, with the annual clover really really being a high attractant for early October. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a fall forage with cereal grains um, and a little bit of brassica in that one, um, which our pods and blooms, so our fall soybean and our pods and blooms, um, we get a lot of questions on our fall soybean um, and it's why why would you plant a soybean in the fall when it's not going to pod out? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if you guys see the same thing down in Texas, but our young soybean plants get absolutely destroyed by the deer in the spring. (laughs) That is the, the number one complaint from your farmers is, Right. The deer absolutely destroy the soybeans in the spring. Right. So that's kind of the mentality that we had. We had some leftover soybeans probably five or six years ago, and it was kind of one of those things where let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so we threw some soybeans out and with some oats and some cereal rye, and it was by far... The most hit plot we had for from the first of october all the way basically up till thanksgiving um it, it was just down to bare dirt um wow and our pods and blooms is a similar situation with the sunflowers so the deer the the issue that we always get a lot of times with our sunflower mix is the sunflower heads will never they never, the deer never let them mature. So we Mm -hmm. can't use it for a dove plot unless we fence it off. Um, Interesting. So that one, we kind of let guys decide, you know, if you want to plant that early, it's a great plot to plant early, but you can also plant that late and if you do plant it late then we'll throw in you know a pound or two of turnips and radishes in so that way you have an entire season deer season worth of food from they'll start hitting that at the end of September and there'll be food still there in January um, with the bulbs and stuff like that um, so, those two things, we kind of get a lot of questions on why the heck would you do that, but it only really takes one year of planning it and guys really figure out what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, we also have a native bedding grass mix uh, with switchgrass and things like that uh, for guys that that really need the, the extra cover. Um, and then our defender as well um which obviously isn't those two items aren't a food source um it's more uh protection i guess you would say um but yeah i would i think that uh our two sunflowers would definitely work for you guys for sure those two um the clover i believe would work for you guys depending on I think different parts of Texas, are, I think the north part. You, you guys have a little bit more water on the north part. If I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um,
0: yeah, it's just a, we have we have every a little uh, bit... climate, <laughs> pretty much. It's right, all depends on where you are. Uh, sure. Yeah, we where, we yeah. had
2: so much water in September and October that it obliterated my dove season, and I'm still bitter <laughs> over it. Still upset. <laughs> yeah
1: so I think, and the South part is a little bit more dry if you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but correct right. and what yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so really, I mean if you're getting if you're getting some frost on you know North Texas, I would say any one of these mixes would work um
0: Fair.
1: but it's definitely definitely dependent on where you're at in the state of texas i i would say hey we got you back
0: yes all right. Right. <laughs> I, I just realized that that was all my fault because uh i didn't update a setting on here but <laughs> so sorry about that no you're fine uh, i'm gonna edit it of course but uh right, right you know just so that people don't wonder you know what why are, why are they off i'll just i'll probably uh <laughs> Leave this part in just to tell everyone. You know, my fault. The Skype call drops, so uh, we're getting back to it here. Oh, oh and you know, it, we're we're kind of getting up to almost an hour here, and uh, you've given us a ton of inf- great information. I want to be respectful of your night and your time. Uh, so if, I, I guess at this point, it might be you know a good time just for us to kind of kind of wrap it up and uh, uh, you know if, if there's something else uh, that we missed or we didn't talk about. Uh, uh, please let us know, or is there something else to, uh, you wanted to talk about, Noel? I
1: think we covered all of it, um, other than, you know, the biggest thing with food plots is, you know, checking your soil pH, um, oh. mm-hmm. planning, planning, you know, the seed at the right depth and um, at the right seed rate and, um, you know, things like that. Uh, Crop rotations and just making sure that all that stuff gets taken care of um, planting the same thing over and over and over on the same ground every year um, no matter what you plant you're mining you know nutrients out of the soil so mm-hmm. it's important to to do that crop rotation you know know your high nitrogen products and um, just things of that nature um keeping up with the ph is very very important and that's the biggest thing if you don't have the soil ph you can't expect to have a high quality food source um so that would just be the only thing i would i would add in is just keeping up with keeping your soil healthy and when you're doing the food plots
2: okay what? What? Just what? What? One last thing. What? What about your? Um. What, what's your service area? You know, you you and your partner. You know, if, if we've got listeners that've got a place and and they'd like to inquire about your services. You know, I mean, you guys are in Indiana, so what? What's kind of your your territory per se?
1: Well, we, in all honesty, um, we can go all over the Midwest. Okay. Um, we really try. Our focus has been in Indiana um, just because of the services that we can offer uh, with the stinger group, um, right. Colby being able, you know, working with, you know, the Indiana DNR and all of that. Um, he has a lot of great relationships with people here in Indiana to where he can really, as soon as he sets foot on a property, he knows exactly what he can do for that person. Um, but as far as you know anywhere in the midwest or you know any place that has deer we feel we feel comfortable enough that we can go in there and um really help out the property owner and setting up sanctuary areas and food plots and stand locations and all that um we we feel like we can we can go about anywhere but we've Really tried to, to stay local, I guess, sure. um, so far, just based off of what the services that Colby can provide people have Right. It's just outstanding for people here in Indiana.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, you know, if anyone down here is interested, and, I, and they should be, they should be. Uh, Take a gander at your uh, ultimate deer feed and the mineral that you have out there, and they can go go to. Uh, do you, they they can buy off your website, and would you guys ship some down here? Correct, we can. Okay. Um, ideally,
1: you know, if we would love to hook up with some yep. some big ranches or um, some dealers or whatnot, and just send a whole bunch down. Obviously, the more we can send, the cheaper the freight's going to be. Right. Um Right. The, the freight is obviously the biggest issue with products like that. Um, so, yeah, I, obviously if we can get a whole group of guys together, that's going to be the best situation for everybody as, as far as freight goes. But, yeah, definitely, definitely would love to get some down your way for sure. Okay.
0: Well, great. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that uh, anyone down here should, uh, should try out on their, on their property. If, and, uh, you know, anyone out there, you know, if you're, if you're interested in it, uh, give us a shout and we'll try to, uh, you know, do what we can to arrange, uh, you know, to help people get that some of that product down here and, uh, give us a shout at howdy at com. And like I said, we'll do what we can to, to help out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and other than that, uh, you got anything else you wanted to to tell our our listeners?
1: I think we've
0: covered it, I believe. Well, give I us your you uh, have... your website and your 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 social media and all that for sure.
1: So our website is uh, just doubletine.com. Okay. And and then you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, I believe if you search, Double Tine will come up. uh, Double Tine Innovations, Mm -hmm. Um, and then our Instagram is Double
2: Tine Innovations as well.
0: Okay, excellent, awesome. Well, Richard, do you have anything else you want to? I think I'm
2: I'm good, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on to the uh, the the podcast tonight, Noel. Appreciate it. Yes, thank
0: thank you 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 very much yeah i'm sorry about that uh dropping you there
2: <laughs> no you're but, fine uh,
0: <laughs> but uh we had no we had a i i i i i know i had a great time talking with you i learned a lot and uh it was it's great and then and uh let us know what we can do to help you guys out uh we're here for you and we we wanna do whatever we can so uh again thank you so much for uh joining us on on the podcast
1: yeah thank you guys i i definitely appreciate it
0: all right. Well, take care, and uh, we will stay in touch.
1: All right. Thank you very much.
0: All right, everybody. That was uh, Newell Phoebus, the operating partner of Double Tine Innovations. Uh, again, you guys can check out all their products at doubletine.com. There they have information about their not only their deer feed mineral and their spring and fall mixes, but they also have information about property, their property management services and some uh, very interesting and uh, highly informative uh, blog posts on that website as well so be sure at the very least go and uh, read their blog posts and definitely uh check out that ultimate deer feed and and now we need to get that mineral and really <laughs> really well, throw it out there
2: <laughs> i was about to say um yeah i mean i i am i am i am a believer uh in that stuff the the the, the double tine um, ultimate deer feed for you know again the axis deer you know for the we, we've talked about it, but the, the axis deer at Rancho Bandito are, are pretty picky. Um, you know, they love their natural forage, which is great. That's what we want. Um, but they really are not a huge fan of corn, uh, the deer corn. They just, they won't really eat it. And then that's okay. Uh, now, they'll definitely eat some protein pellets, but um, or deer protein pellets, rather. But um, we just have not really found, other than that, it, it, it's really, that's not even consistent as well. It, it's... But the, the them hitting the uh, the double tie ultimate deer feed was, was really a, a solid deal. Um, so it was really fascinating uh, to to hear him talk about it. I've been wanting to to speak to him about it. And you know the, the one thing that I really took away from it um, are, are are the fillers. You know you hear about <clears throat> excuse me you hear about fillers. You know in dog food you know they put. Corn and you know, um, you know, bricks
0: and spare scissors, you know, all kinds of stupid right. stuff they put it's in like, the like, like hot dogs, you know, they say, what do they say, you know, ears and lips, and
2: right, right, <laughs> which is fine, actually. I mean, yeah, you, can't, dude, you can't even talk I about know.
0: hot dogs. Yep, yep, huh. What, uh, true, true. Like, what are these deer yeah. talking about?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, believe me, if a deer could eat a hot dog, it probably would. <laughs> you know, as long as it know what it, you know what it was eating. But, um, I, I, I do, I do find that to be very, very interesting uh, about the fillers, you know, and, um, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, no, it, it's a great product, and 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 they're good folks, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to finally catch up with them. I know they're they're
0: super busy. Yep. Yeah, it was. That was a great one. And uh, yeah, just to remind everybody again, uh, just go to Uh Facebook is at Doubletine and their Instagram gram is at doub- Doubletine Innovations. Uh, and there you can find a uh, lot more information about their products and definitely check it out. So yeah, with that, you got any other thoughts before we sign off? It's all I got
2: right now, just
0: uh, keep supporting your
2: local feed stores, folks. Um, they appreciate it. They're, there you I
0: go. Absolutely. Uh, th- thanks, Duel and uh, thank you, Richard. And yeah. we will we'll talk to you guys uh, on the flip side. Have a good See day. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit podcast. If you want to find new and innovative hunting gear and service providers not typically offered through the traditional big box hunting stores. Come on over and join the hunt at FeedBandit.com join. When you join, as a bonus, you'll get our entertaining free e-guide of unique hunting tips and tricks. And a reminder to all you small businesses, feed stores, gear inventors, or entrepreneurs in the hunting space, if you'd like to get more exposure to potential customers by being featured on the FeedBandit podcast, please let us know. We'd love to discuss what we can do for you and your business. Go to feedbannet.com slash promote. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give us a rating and review on iTunes as it would really help us out. Go to feedbannet.com slash iTunes. Thanks everyone for listening. Until next time, please remember to support your local feed store.